you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson, available wherever podcasts can be found. And of course, filmed live at the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Stephen Larson. Want to give a shout out to everybody, not just joining us here, all 442 of you joining us on the Twitch, but earlier on the YouTube as well for our live reactions. And once again, uh, thanks to the enforcer, Stevie Bradley, for oh, joining us best. as well. Enforcer's the best. Absolutely. Of course, we were watching TakeOver 31, the first episode from the brand new uh, uh, basically just a uh, uh, jazz up capital wrestling, uh, center uh, center center capital wrestling center. So, so it's a reference to when before WWE was WWE, they got extra W in there. They were capital wrestling corporation. That was the name right. of WWE when it was first born. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, redubbed the performance center, the capital wrestling center kind of made it like a mini Thunderdome mm-hmm. out of all the zoom calls, but it's like one, like huge imposing walls rather than rows of like stadium seating uh, LED panels. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it works. They got the, the chain link fence behind the plexiglass on the boards. That's mm-hmm. cool. I mean, Triple H, I think, said uh, in the Sports Illustrated write-up about the, the new you know look of the Performance Center that he was looking for like a, a more metal version of what WWE's got with the Thunderdome. I don't know if it's as metal as it could possibly be, but it is more metal than Thunderdome. Yeah, I dug it, man. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought that uh, uh, I, I like how, you know, WWE has been uh, deservedly so given a lot of flack for how they've been doing the COVID stuff. Uh, but, you know, even the, uh, you know, having a crowd there in their own pods, basically separated and they're apparently separated even when they enter the building and they've been given tests and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, you're allowed to have crowds there, but you don't feel like crappy watching it because, you know, you think everybody's going to, you know, get sick. Um, I thought that was pretty effective. I really liked the, you know, the zoom calls. Um, it was, it was, it was a cool little mix of full sale, the performance center and Thunderdome. I thought it was mm-hmm. very effective. Yeah. I don't know about, you know, being a super heavy metal, I feel like you needed, you know, like steel grating instead of a mat if you want to be yeah. really heavy metal about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought it was the, pretty the, cool. The, the, the pits of hell instead of ring mats, if you really want to keep it metal. Every match an Inferno match is obviously what you'd be doing there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could have... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I'm going to go with that. I was the... I was, I was thinking about like remember started the very first episode of Next Generation like yeah. Q with like his weird version of the Mad Max future where like his guards were like snorting cocaine out of something it was just really dark so something like that yeah. would be good uh, Takeover itself I thought a stellar show I thought it was a really 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 good show obviously it didn't have much of a build um, no and that's the kind of thing about like every match was really good can't yeah. quibble any with anything about any of the matches. Storyline aspect of it, yeah, it was. It seemed like the show was put together super quick, 
not to say there weren't stories. I just didn't feel like there was enough stories leading up to this show to really resonate uh, at the conclusion. I'm just sitting here admiring like a bunch of really brilliant wrestling. And yeah. the, 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 we were all hoping, I think, for some sort of twist at the end that would push this Undisputed Era story forward, whether it's a split, something. What we got was Ridge Holland, a guy who's been on TV like three times. And one of those times he like really put me off by dropping Johnny Gargano on his head. Um, um, yeah, so it's so obvious I, that they yeah. want to do big things with him. It's, yes. go, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, but, you know, it, it, where you have a show with such great wrestling and – Takeovers in the past have spoiled us with some really clever, interesting, shocking story twists after the little copyright thing pops up. Mm-hmm. So we kind of grown used to that. And then when we get Rich Holland uh, dumping a beat up Adam Cole over the barricade as kind of our twist at the end, we're like, oh, all right. Well, I, you know, I, it's obvious they have high hopes for Rich Holland, but all right. It's something, you know, it's not like, oh, gosh, wow. It's not the extra little bit of story uh, uh, lines that will push the uh, the show from being wow that was like a brilliant display of of wrestling to that was a brilliant display of wrestling. Oh my gosh, I did not see the end of that coming. Yeah, yeah, that didn't. I mean, given I don't know. I think so. I expected a killer match out of Finn Balor and Kyle mm-hmm. O'Reilly. One thing that I didn't expect was what we got tonight, which was I, I think. On, I was thinking about it during our little gulf between live reactions and and, uh, and and going live on the podcast. That to me was this year's version of, I don't know what I guess what it would have been last year or the year before, but uh, uh, Tyler Bate versus Walter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Tyler Bate versus Walter. Like the two of the two of the uh, UK takeover matches, or even before then, we had like Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate versus Walter. Those matches where. Yeah, they they had builds. Obviously, they had builds, and they were good ones. But mm-hmm. really, like the 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 real value was in the wrestling. And yeah. with this, I didn't care afterwards about I me. Mean, yeah, was the Ridge Holland thing like a big? Who cares? Yeah, totally, it was. Like we expected there to be drama between the undisputed era, and uh, and and instead we got Ridge Holland, you know, with a dead Adam Cole. I kind of like that's to me that's like, yeah, it could have been like, oh wow, a crazy twist. But given what we had just seen between Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly, I honestly didn't care. I would have been fine without anything after the copyright because that match yeah. was so damn good. Yeah, and I think I think I think unless you're gonna do something that's really gonna push the show a next level. Yeah, why bother? Like, yeah, why bother? Yeah, like Rich Holland showing up with a beat up Adam Cole. I'm like, all right, well, that's something that could happen on TV. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I thought that it was though. I, I thought there were two. Boy, there were there were two matches I thought that were just over the top good, and honestly, like I thought that, I thought that Io Shirai versus Candice was like really super good, but I don't think it 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 was as good as Finn versus Kyle O'Reilly or or or, or Swerve versus Swerve uh, and Escobar, yeah, Escobar, which was just completely over the top good. I mean, those those matches were just out of this world outstanding. I mean, the only match you could consider kind of. I hesitate to say underwhelming, but it was essentially a 15-minute squash match with Kushida versus Velveteen Dream, where Dream barely got any offense, and Kushida dominated That dominated was the, the match. an underwhelming week of NXT TV main event. That's what that was. It was a great showcase for new Kushida, for new Shida, yeah. but yeah. Velveteen Dream, even though, yeah, he had the Doc Brown costume on, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what was going on there. I, I mentioned this. After that match was over, 
I said, I wonder if we're actually, I wonder when the next time we're going to see Dream on a takeover is. Because given what Triple H said about his immaturity on his conference call and what we saw tonight where he was just picked apart. He was just picked apart. And even his demeanor during the match seemed like a guy who was basically being punished by the WWE. Um, that was that was an underwhelming match, to say the least. But everything else, like EO Candice, Finn Kyle, uh, Swerve Santos, and then uh, 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 Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest, were just four-star-plus four matches. Mm-hmm. Just really, mm-hmm. really stellar yeah, stuff. Yeah, all really and, good. All and, really, really good. Even, I mean, dude, even without a build... You know who these people are. I mean, you know what they're about. And, you know, uh, Candace and Johnny have been doing this really, really great heel work for a couple months now. So do I need, like, a blood feud between EO and Candace to appreciate this match? No. Do I need one for Priest Gargano? No. Finn Kyle? No. Just give me a great match. And that's what we got tonight. Just some really yeah. great wrestling. Yeah. So I, I loved it all. I thought it was great. Um uh, the other big thing coming out, uh, we had two, not just one, but two returns uh, to the women's division. Uh, yeah, we, one of them kind of undercut the other one. Which was a little weird. So at the end of the conclusion of Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, uh, we, she, uh, Io Shirai got a match hat question from one Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did Tony Storm say, Larson? Because I didn't hear uh, Pretty much, uh, it's Tony time. Hear me pull up my, my notes for it. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, she says she's back in NXT. She's going to turn this place upside down. It's going to be Tony time. And so she's up at the Tron saying that. And then we go, and it's the, the night vision with all the techie-type stuff overlaid on top of it, uh, the 3D camera, all that stuff of the, the, the mysterious individual riding this motorcycle. They're riding it around the back of Performance Center. Uh, they uh, uh, open the door, enters. Uh, EO is watching this all from the ring on the Tron. This individual walks out on stage. They remove their helmet. It's, as we predicted, Ember Moon. Mm-hmm. And considering, granted, there's only two pretty brief vignettes, one of which featured Ember going into some sort of archive uh, on you know, a Performance Center or Full Sail and busting open that glass case and grabbing a title out of it. Um, and just given you know, kind of like the nature of the voiceover and, and the general presentation, you'd think it'd be something a bit more impactful, uh, very direct, maybe an attack. Maybe uh, she'd hit the ring, beat up you a little bit, then take the helmet off. I don't know if she's. December. I don't know how difficult it would be to do this with the helmet on. Maybe you modify the helmet, you put a mask on instead. But you have her lay out EO and then drop her with an eclipse while she still has the mask on. Then we all know who it is. She takes mm-hmm. the mask off and she's revealed. Not smiling though. She mm-hmm. was, yeah I, yeah, I thought this was kind of a missed opportunity because I thought that the vignettes were actually pretty cool. We only had two of them. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the lead up for tonight's reveal. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, it's good to see Ember Moon back in NXT. Yes, definitely. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Ember Moon, and, and it's great to see her back in NXT where hopefully she'll be given uh, more uh, opportunity to, to showcase what she can do in the ring because she's damn good. And then somebody in our chat brought up a good point, said, so with Tony and Io coming into what is already kind of a stacked women's division, where does that leave? Because there is an idea, like there was a tweet from the WWE about who should get the first pick of the draft, and NXT was listed on there. That tweet, if I'm not mistaken, you said was taken down. That's my understanding. Yeah, it was deleted, and then uh, a new poll with just Raw and SmackDown was put in its place. So, I mean, I don't. You can make exactly. what you will of that. Maybe right hand not knowing, left hand's doing, which would not. Yeah, she's be a common occurrence with the WWE. 
But, I mean, you know, it, that doesn't mean that NXT is not going to have a call-up. Usually that happens around the draft time. Um, yes. I don't know. I mean, uh, 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 Rhea Ripley's in something right now with Raquel Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they blow that off at NXT TV or at Halloween Havoc, which is another thing that was announced, Halloween Havoc on yeah, the 28th. That's great. And it's going to be hosted by Shotzi. Which, which is, is fantastic. We were just talking about her doing that kind of stuff the uh, last time we were talking about her. Um uh, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if they if they want to build up Raquel, have her beat Rhea, and Rhea quantum leaps out to the draft or to a call up or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, she's a name that obviously, you know, could be NXT Women's Champion tomorrow, or yeah. is, you know, whatever. Uh, or she can go to main roster. There are a couple people. I mean, Io Shirai included, who go, the Garganos could go to main roster. I'm yeah, not, I mean that's that's one of the reasons I thought. Uh, Candice had a pretty good shot at winning this match. So I thought it was a pretty decent chance that Io would get called up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But didn't yeah. happen. Oh, uh, speaking of that happening, uh, Big Red is coming back home. Yeah, it's back there somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Poor guy. He's I could see him back there. He's just staring at the wall. All right, so here we go. Yeah, here's a tweet from six hours ago from WB. The number one uh, draft pick should be, and it has uh, Raw and SmackDown tagged in it, but no NXT. Yeah, everybody was making a big stink about NXT being in it, then they took it down. Um, so anyways, well, let's just go ahead and uh, kick this off here. Uh, we've got the combined, the collaborative Steve and Larson notes here available just for us to see. Uh, so, you know, we both equal parts of this here. Uh, I did all the typing, so I don't know what you say about equal parts. Well, I made so, some things bold that I want to talk about. It's basically just the finish. Right, you could have stuck in your own notes. There's things you want to talk about. But anyways, uh, to kick off the show, <laughs> there's a video package about uh, Capital Wrestling Corporation and how that led to the naming of the Capital Wrestling Center. What? Okay, so I have a question about this. When what? When Vic Joseph introduces the, the Capital Wrestling Center, he says, we yeah. look to the past to inform our future. Did they have Zoom call giant LED boards back in 1953? What exactly? No, they had telegraphs. What, <laughs> right? What exactly was... He's just talking about the name. He's talking about the name. That's it. It's the name. just the name. Just the name. Okay. That The name and the fact that there was probably wrestling rings in 1950-something. <laughs> probably. Otherwise, everything else is different. Right. <laughs> Good. Okay. Please continue. So name, ring, everything else different. So okay. uh, after that first match of the night, uh, Damian Priest, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano for the North American title. Since Gargano uh, 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 took the, or yeah, he took the loss. No, he got the pin on uh, the Go Home Show mm-hmm. uh, at NXT. You knew he wasn't going to win, and then you add that to him and Candice putting the belts on. At the very least, you know for sure Gargano was going to lose this bout. He did. That's not to say they didn't put forth a quality enough effort that you thought thought crossed your mind. Maybe they'll give this to Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really stellar match. I mean, dude, you put Damian Priest in there with pretty much anybody. You put Johnny Gargano in there with anybody. Yeah. These bo- both these guys can just come out with some really, really great matches. Um, I only have the finish highlighted here. Do you want to go over anything that you thought was particularly cool about this match? I mean, uh, the uh, uh, Johnny was working over Damian Priest's arm pretty good. I mean, to start off with, it was it was Johnny trying to utilize his quickness advantage. Uh, Damian Priest would try to get a hold of him and overpower him, and it was you know kind of a constant back and forth uh, between those two approaches. Gargano, as mentioned, was working over Priest's arm pretty good. 
Uh, in the end, though, it didn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm, yeah, so uh, Gargano locks on the Gargano escape. Priest tries to get to the ropes. Gargano pulls him to the middle, pulls it back, puts it back on. Priest gets to the ropes. Johnny, Johnny's, uh, what is this on our notes? Johnny back on Priest's arm. Okay, Johnny, Johnny looks starts going after Priest's arm again. Looks to the, so he's, oh, he's yeah, the, the ring apron. steps a bit, yeah. So he looks behind him, and there's ring steps on the floor there. So he's hit some shots on Priest. Tries to suplex. Or sorry, Priest tries to suplex Johnny out of the ring. Uh, Gargano fights him off. Sorry, Pri- Priest was on the apron. Uh, Gargano fights him off, hits a couple super kicks, goes for one final beat. Priest catches him, and then hits like a draping reckoning for the win. Yeah, they uh, they they just tease that damn steel step. They never actually did anything on no, the Never steel deliver. Steel. Never deliver. So Gargano was at- working over Priest's arm, working over his leg a little bit too. Uh, early or, or, or earlier on the match. Um, there's a spot where, okay, so uh, Priest goes at the top, Gargano rolls out of the ring, and so uh, Priest goes for one of those step-up topes, and Gargano pulls a couple of security uh, guards in his way, so Priest takes them out. While Drake's attending to the security guards, Johnny uh, kicks Damien in the front area, and then hits a super kick uh, on him in the ring. Ref runs back in, uh, Damien kicks at it too, but then this match, like Priest was holding his arm, he was punching it so he can raise his title up and do his archer thing. Mm-hmm. Holding his front area, like selling knee, he was beat up. That was I, kind of the theme of this show: is everybody got beat up. Yeah, everybody got beat up pretty good. Especially I especially the main event. That was one of those matches that hurt to watch. They just felt the physicality of it through the TV screens afterwards. Yeah, oh man, I am I am kind of disappointed though. I do not see uh, at least on Damian Priest's Twitter account. Oh, the hot tub, nowhere to be found. What a bummer. Goodness gracious me. After that, we had Velveteen Dream versus Kushida. Uh, Velveteen Dream was doing kind of a Doc Brown thing from the, uh, the, the beginning of the first movie. He had the like the dish gloves on, the yellow dish gloves. He had like some uh, silver uh, dye or something in his hair. Spray spray dye, yeah. Yeah, so, but it was, it was, you know, when he'd sweat, it was going down his face yeah. and like getting in his eyes. It was already when he came out, you notice like a, a silver sheen on his forehead. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, even that he was doing he was, pretty reckless. Yeah. He was like, whatever, this, whatever, whatever. Let's just get sure, this I'll done. Do Doc with. Brown. But the thing is, is like if, if Kushida supposed to be Marty, well, Marty and Doc Brown never had a rivalry. Well, right? I think it's sort of the head games, you know, like why come out with Biff? He's the nat or flea. Uh, they're the natural rivals or even uh, Principal Strickland, they're the natural rivals of Barney McFly. It's more messed up if he's fighting his father figure. I guess that's a way of looking at it. Anyways, Kushida uh, wasn't in the mind games because he just beat the hell out of Velveteen Dream for about 15 minutes. (laughs) Dream got a little offense in. Not a whole lot, but it was Kushida destroying Dream, destroying his arm, twisting his arm in pretzels. Yeah. he just destroyed him. He was destroyed a, him. A, a dream was pretty damn flexible. Like in some of those spots, his shoulder was like all the way back. It, yeah, he was doing a good. He was. It was. It was like border. It was almost. It was like borderline. Shawn Michaels selling for Hulk Hogan uh, at SummerSlam 2005. Yeah. Like it was a bit overboard. And I just, I feel like when he's really into a match, his best matches. He doesn't go overboard. He just he sells appropriately, and he's really good with the dramatics. This mm-hmm. felt almost cartoonish. Maybe I'm I know. projecting. I don't know, but I did feel like the 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 saga of checked out Velveteen Dream continueth. 
Yeah, it carries on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Dream under televisions for a while. Um, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. But then, you know, every time I, I feel like I've said that a couple times. and But if he is, I kind of feel like for a while, he, I feel like both him and Austin Theory will be taking a lot of losses in the months to come. <laughs> Seems like it, right? Um, anyways, Kushida, uh, uh, there's, the finish was actually a cool spot. So Dream hits this massive clothesline, goes to the top rope again to look for a purple rainmaker. Kushida gets up. He goes up there and does a thing where he puts the hoverboard lock on somebody and and, and they kind of do a, both do a flip off the top rope. Uh, so he's got the hoverboard lock on Dream. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Uh, Dream gets to the ropes. Instead of just putting his foot on the rope, he pushes off to kind of try to roll Kushida over. Kushida rolls with him. He still has the hold on. Um, Dream kind of powers himself up, hits a Dream Valley driver. Uh, Kushida doesn't let go. Mm -hmm. And pretty much as soon as uh, uh, Dream hits the DVD and Kushida like, torques back on the hoverboard lock, Dream taps. Right there. Right there, yeah. Uh, bell rings. Kushida gets off momentarily to celebrate right back on Dream. Uh, puts on a cross arm breaker. Refs break that up, uh, and then Kushida's right back on the arm again. Yeah, yeah. It felt like, hey, we're going to write you off TV for a while. It really did, yeah, because it was like multiple times, like you said. Uh, after that, we had uh, the announcement of the Halloween Havoc themed episode of NXT on October twenty eighth, hosted by Shotzi Blackheart. She was also in attendance tonight in the crowd. Yes. Um, so this is a good spot for Shotzi. They uh, obviously think very highly of her for good reason because she's great. She's um, terrific. 
But you said she used to do this kind of stuff, right? Host, yeah, like, she, yeah movie she used to stuff. host like horror movie. You know how they do those like, you yeah, know, yeah, like the like Rocky Horror movies. Picture yeah. Show yeah. stuff. Yeah, she would host that kind of stuff back in the day in the Bay Area. That's cool. So this is like right up her alley. So I hope they have a lot of fun with this. They do the, the Halloween Battle Royal, like what you'd get at one of the uh, the Florida House Flow sh- uh, Loop shows. Yeah. Um, just make it fun. Mm-hmm. Make it yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just forget about kayfabe for the week. For the you know the episode, yeah. Let's see these Just have people fun have with some it. fun for sure. After that cruiserweight title bout, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar. Man, this match was phenomenal. This was um, a killer takeover match, dude. This was this was a, a, a star making performance for Swerve. The beginning, he was he was doing to Santos what Kushida was kind of doing to to uh, Velveteen Dream in terms of like working a body part. He was working over his arm all over the place early on. Um, there's this great bit where uh, Swerve had hit a, a, a high flying move, like he started the mood salt off the apron, and then uh, so Santos would get up and move like 90 degrees around one corner of the ring. Swerve would go over there, bang, a uh, corkscrew splash off the second rope, and then uh, so Santos would get up. Oh, sorry, Santos got up, and then uh, Swerve started working his arm around the turnbuckle, mm-hmm. gets a two, goes back to work on the arm. Then later on, he hits a suicide dive or a tope. Sorry. Um, just like a great, like one, two, three, bang, 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 high flying move on him. Uh, Santos turns the tables at one point, uh, drapes Swerve over the top rope, follows a suicide dive, uh, gets a bunch of stuff off. Swerve makes a comeback. Um, so about uh, two thirds way through the match, um, they're both just hitting moves on each other. They're both selling. Legado del Fantasma comes ringside. Uh, Joaquin Wild, I believe, trips up Swerve while Raul Mendoza is distracting the ref. Santos slams him. Swerve gets a two, and so they're up on the, the top rope area. Uh, Swerve uh, crotches Santos across the top rope and does uh, – so Legado del Fantasma standing there like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen? Swerve hits a Rana, jumps off the top rope, oh, hits boy. a Hurricane Rana on Santos onto them. That was great. That was great. And then uh, what's the Hootie Miles' name now? Ash- Ashanti Adonis, right? Ashanti Adonis, yeah. Yeah, so he comes down to ringside. He starts fighting with Legato to kind of even the odds for Swerve. Um, and then back in the ring, Swerve is going for like a rolling flatliner, which he hit earlier in the match. Escobar kicks the heck out of him. Mm-hmm. Hits the Phantom Driver. Uh, Swerve kicks out. Which, which is, is a shock because like nobody's done that yet. No. So Santos hits three amigos, three suplexes, goes up top for a frog splash, misses that. Uh, Swerve stomps his arm, hits a house call, a 450. Santos kicks out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Swerve is looking to put some sort of uh, hold on Santos. Escobar drives him out of the ring. Uh, they're jockeying for position on the apron. And then Santos pushes Swerve backwards into the ring post, and he's supposed to be like he hit his head. He hit his head, yeah. Raised it. yeah. yeah. Um, and hits this new move. I didn't see him do like a double underhook neckbreaker type of thing to get the win. Mm-hmm. Really good match, though. Yeah, no, it was terrific. Uh, I guess my only issue, I don't watch 205, and I know a lot of this stuff takes place on 205. Um, I, I hope maybe Swerve will head up to main roster. I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like it was, hey, you got to get this title, or uh, you know, or they got to do something else with him. Put him in a I know. put him in a program with Kushida. You know, I mean, Kushida's like a vicious good guy now. I guess is he like Kushida? Is he a good guy or a bad guy now? Who Kushida? I don't know. He kind of feels like Tweener. Yeah, right. He's just like a really vicious version of like nice Kushida. He's like mm-hmm. mean Kushida, but he's like yeah. a good guy still. 
Yeah. But then I don't yeah. know if, I don't know if Dream was supposed to be a Oh, Dream was a heel. He was a heel in this? Yeah, cuz he was you know, uh, talking to the crowd he's like, "Oh, come on, boo me. Boo me now." Oh, okay. He was requesting booze. Okay. All right. So, uh, okay. Um, in any event, that that's a that's the match. That's that's a match that I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, after that, we had uh, Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. Just another killer match. I figured I figured this would be match of the night. I just didn't realize that Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor were going to pull out what they pulled out, and I didn't realize Swerve literally and beat the heck out of each other. Yeah, but this was this was a lot of fun though. It had you know a little bit of shenanigans there. Uh, at one point, there was a ref bump, so uh, Gargano t- uh, uh, channels his inner Bailey comes out wearing an inside out ref shirt. Uh, tries to get involved, but he's pretty useless. Yeah, he was pretty damn useless. And like, here's the thing: like, he goes out there, he counts his fast count after Candace hits her finish, and uh, EO still kicks out. And mm-hmm. so he and Candace are just standing around, wasting time. The ref's out. The ref is still out. They could easily grab kendo stick, a chair. Well, I mean, she just if she just hits her finish again, do, do it again. Fast yeah. count done. Yeah. Like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So finally, Johnny goes down to the ringside, grabs a belt from the timekeeper. Uh, by this point, the ref has come to after taking two bumps. Yeah. One of them was pretty great. The the one where EO goes for her mood salt and Candace gets her knees up mm-hmm. and EO flings herself backwards into the ref and the ref goes flying out of the ring. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyways, the ref's come to. He's back of the ring. Uh, he and Johnny are arguing. While this is happening, Johnny kind of secretly drops the title. Candace picks it up while the ref's back is turned. Uh, Candace hits EO with the title. Uh, Johnny gets out of the ring right then. Uh, ref counts. EO kicks out. Mm-hmm. So Candace goes up top. EO hits her with a palm strike. Goes up to the top rope. Spanish fly. Moonsault for the win. Johnny's standing right there. Pulled the ref out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny's reaction to to, to EO kicking out after the great. title shot was hilarious because he just starts rolling around on the floor. That was pretty good. And uh, I know you were, you, were, you were yelling for him to do that. I didn't see where he ended up after his reaction if he was close enough to be able to react and, and, and grab the ref out. Uh, I mean, right when EO hit that Spanish fly, you got to be in position, man. Yeah, I think he was still so distraught. And, I don't know. They're very confused people. They're really off their they're – they're, they're kind of messed up. But uh, anyways – yeah, that was that was really good stuff. So, uh, anyways, like you said, EO gets the moonsault for the win. Uh, that's we already talked about this a little bit. Tony Storm with her Matt Chat question. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, shout out also and thanks to Luke Owen from Wrestle Talk uh, for showing up for Matt Chat this uh, oh, this man, month. That was a blast! It was so much fun. Uh, that's available on the channel right now. You can watch that. Um, so Tony Storm shows up. She's in NXT. Uh, it's going to be Tony time, and then the person on a motorcycle outside the PC. They come around. It's Ember Moon. Big old mm-hmm. smile from Ember Moon. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that happened. After that, that happened. we had a Tahuti, yes. I'm sorry, uh, a Shanti Adonis interview. Tahuti Miles is such a great name. Yeah, I know. It's such a great name. But, you know, sometimes I guess maybe even, you know, people want a different name and WWE wants to call them something different. So I'm sure WWE would, would prefer everybody had a different name. Probably. One that they could, the one that, that would belong, to, a name that would belong to them. Yeah, right. Uh, so anyways, uh, I didn't have audio for this, uh, but according to our notes, he says he's got some, re- he's got respect for swerve. He's sick of seeing legato jumping guys. So he did something about it. Yeah. It was kind of hard to, for me to hear it too. Cut the volume pretty low. Uh, Enforcer <laughs> did a good job of, of recapping it though. Right. Yes. He did great. He did a great job of that. So after that was the main event. Um, this was a, a really hard hitting affair. This is probably Finn Bal- Balor's best match since he signed a WWE. Um, 
This was brutal. It was stiff. It hurt to watch. It, it felt like both competitors had multiple body parts that uh, required at the least ice and doctor's attention, if not a trip to the uh, hospital. Did you say this was the best Finn Balor match? Since he's been at WB, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I didn't I didn't hear if you said Kyle or him, but for either guy, this is clearly their best match. This was, yeah. And I mean, I feel like since Finn's been in NXT, we've said that a couple times. Yeah. I'm still really, really interested in seeing Finn versus Walter, which they were oh, building yeah. for, building to before oh, COVID. Yeah. That's going to be a killer match. This was so much fun, though. This was so great. The, the bit that uh, early on, Finn working over Kyle. There was a bunch of Matt wrestling to kick things off. At one point, he has uh, Kyle O'Reilly. He has him in, in, in an arm bar. He's sort of standing up. He's got the arm up here, and he starts yeah. doing the air guitar on Kyle's yeah, arm. Great. Really great moment right there. Lots of great really chops great. as well from Finn and Kyle. Oh my gosh, good this, stuff. It was just brutal. Like uh, the kind of turning point for Kyle is is uh, Finn hits uh, like a kick to Kyle's gut. Mm-hmm. And he starts to react to it, and he crumples yeah. to the ground. And then Larry does this to Finn. He's looking at him, he's like, "Like, go away! I can't do it. I need to recover from this." And the ref was right on it. Like, I was actually thinking, "Oh man, did he actually get kicked in the gut?" Like, legit. Well, what's great? Yeah, no. What's great is that, you know, I only know this not from, you know, doing much physical in my life, but the few times that I've stubbed my toe, there is that moment where it hasn't, it, like, the pain doesn't happen yet. It's yeah. brief, and you think you can just keep going, and then you realize, oh my god, I think my toe's off. It's foot. Yeah. In this yeah. case, kind of the same. You take it. You take a beat. Oh, I can. Get, oh no, that's bad. Yeah. And so he's walling around the mat. The ref's checking him. Finn comes over and stomps him a few times, and the ref gets him back, uh, like a, a beat and a half. Finn's back over there stomping him, and the whole time, uh, for a pretty good duration of the match, Finn is just working over Kyle's midsection. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job since they built up to it. Making like an abdominal stretch, a pretty mundane move in wrestling. Uh, he put that on on Kyle. Like, oh gosh, yeah. Because they built to that moment. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that sucks for Kyle. Yeah. Because he's getting his ribs worked on, his gut worked on, his lower back worked on. Um, Finn was just beating the hell out of him. TV direction was really good too because mm-hmm. they got a lot of great close-ups on both these guys. But mm-hmm. Kyle's selling was just absolutely next yeah. Level. He's always been a fantastic seller. And then eventually Kyle is able to turn the tables enough to start going after Finn's leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point he put like a double heel hook on him. Mm-hmm. That was nasty. So it was just back and forth. Kyle going after the leg. Uh, Finn trying to work him over, work uh, Kyle over some more. Uh, at one point uh, O'Reilly gets a guillotine. On Finn, he starts to fade. Kyle release it, hits him with the knee, brain buster. That gets him a two count. Uh, Kyle's looking for an arm bar. Finn stomps his way out of it. So at this point, Finn is selling arm and leg, and uh, Finn is hitting some forearms to Kyle's back. Follows with a reverse nineteen sixteen. That gets him a two. So Finn goes up top. Kyle kicks him off, hits the dragon screw leg whip over the top rope, and then another one across the second rope. So then uh, Finn's kind of like holding himself up across the ropes. Kyle hits a, a knee drop off the second rope, um, on and then another one off the top rope onto Finn's knee, right into that double heel hook. Finn gets to the ropes, so Finn's selling his knee. Uh, he hits a double stomp. O'Reilly responds with a knee, a German suplex, and then Finn kind of no sells that. Hits another double stomp. Hits coup de gras to get the win, mm-hmm. and Finn gets up. I didn't notice this before, so maybe it did happen. He gets up from that pin. Just like blood is spilling out of his mouth. It yeah, like, and it's like ton. super like thick. Like it looks like, you know, deep blood. And early um, on to Kyle, there's this great shot where, where Finn had a uh, Kyle in a sharpshooter. Yeah. 
and Kyle was bleeding a little bit out of his mouth and a streak of it down his cheek. Yeah. Um, it, it was just a, a, a physical, hard-hitting match where you believe these guys were beating the hell out of each other. Yeah, it was one of those just hurt, hurt to hurt to watch by the end. I love that kind of stuff, man. I think it's so it good. Like when when they make a, you know, I know I know there there are so many different philosophies of pro wrestling, but when you can make something look like it's a real fight, there there is really nothing like that. You know what I mean? Nope. This is just really terrific stuff, and that's why I say it reminds me of like the best Tyler Bate matches. It's just mm-hmm. man, that dude makes it look like it's a fight, and it's, it's. Well, I feel like after his match with Walter Tyler Bate was beat the sh- get the shit beat out of him. Yeah, yeah, totally. He legit got the shit beat out. Of him. So yeah. uh, Finn, you know, he stands up, beat up. Uh, uh, Kyle's kind of like slumped over on the mat. Looks like he wants to fall asleep. Looks like he's got pipe is hurt, exhausted, but he got beat the beat the heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Finn helps him up. And then uh, Kyle O'Reilly is about to hold up Finn's arm when he looks over, camera pans over, and there's Ridge Holland that has, like, uh, destroyed Adam Cole over his shoulder. He dumps him over the barricade. Uh, Bob Fish and Roderick Strong come to ringside to check on him, and that's how the show ends. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a thing where they really want to push Ridge Holland. So they have him attack Adam Cole um, just to start that feud. Or is there something grander in place? Because I think people are immediately starting to speculate, well, did, did Finn order Ridge Holland to... To, to do that attack, you know, is is this something that Fish and Strong got Adam or got a Rich Holland to do to Adam Cole? You know, I think people here's the thing. I think people wanted something involving the Spear era to happen at the end of the show in some way or another, mm-hmm, just yeah. something yeah. to carry their story forward. So I think something like that happens, which to me just feels like, oh, they want to do something with Rich Holland. So they just have attack Adam Cole since Adam Cole is like, you know, one of the top dogs in NXT. But I think people are trying to put the pieces together because it's so out of left field to have Ridge Holland show up with Adam Cole, you know? It's really out of left field, and it's not the kind... I mean, it's it's not... I'll be honest with you. Like, it's not really the kind of cliffhanger that necessarily makes me... Look, I'm going to tune in. I, lo- I love NXT. It's like my mm-hmm. favorite thing. But this, you know, when, when Champa turned on Gargano, you need to tune into the next one. You need to. With this, this I'm, I'm still going to tune in because I really love NXT. This didn't make me really want to tune in more. It's just like, oh, he's the next guy yeah. that's going to face Adam Cole. And yeah, there might be an additional wrinkle to it, but because we didn't get any hint of an additional wrinkle, I mean, besides, you know, Strong and Fish coming out late and being like, oh, oh we didn't know what happened. We didn't know what happened. I mean, that could be a hint, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I, I like I like Ridge Holland. Um, do I like him enough to be like, oh, okay, this is really cool? I yeah, I I just he's he's still kind of a blank slate for me. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, it's not like a pressing. It's not like a, a cliffhanger. That's like, oh man, now I have to wait till Wednesday. It's not that. It's not that kind of cliffhanger. And then you you know a huge cliffhanger at the end of a show isn't necessary. But when you have a show and the wrestling is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one, uh, you know, point of entry for a potential new fan. Mm-hmm. But if you top it off with something that's going to, you know, the people want to tune in to see on Wednesday because they want to see how that story ends. They yeah. just have to set in it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, then uh, that's what was kind of lacking from the end of this one. You know, just need to set in it. it. Anthony here in chat says Triple H just said now on his typical post takeover conference call, they had to make a lot of chicken salad out of the show with injuries and such. 
Man, that was that's a lot of chicken salad though. That's a pretty damn good chicken salad. No kidding. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the thing about Ridge Holland is that he hasn't really, like, oh, wow. huh? So uh, Sean Ross Sapp is, of course, on the the conference call, and said Finn Balor is on his way to get his jaw X-rayed. Yeah, that's what uh, Anthony F here in chat mm-hmm. just said as well. Um, yeah. Oof. Anyways, uh, so yeah, uh, Twitch chat, stick around. We'll uh, answer some questions, but for the podcast people, thank you so much for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Enjoy tons of bonus videos, including patron-only live shows, gameplay, and vintage 10 for the wins, access to podcast question threads, the friendo care package, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.